Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. As always, it's your boy. DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man, 50 grand, always in demand with the plan, posted up in front of his microphone stand. Tell him who you am, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I say this, your boy, Savage O'Malley. Back in large and in charge, buddy. Oh, yeah. We're right up in here in the 209 to Infinity Podcast, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Macho Man is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, in the flesh. I just really felt like some jerky, and I just it took <laughs> over me, dude. I wanted to snap into a Slim You're Jim. You're ready to snap into a Slim Jim. That's right. Oh, yeah, brother. You know, in all honesty, and we may have talked about this before, never eaten a Slim Jim in my entire life. Are they even still a thing? Yes. Are they around? Okay. Are they terrible? Terrible. I'm not the biggest jerky fan, but like I'll have somebody at my work. There's a young lady at my work named Heather. Uh, She's in the accounting department. Uh, She makes homemade jerky. And about once every couple of months, she makes a batch and brings it in. She's like, this one's spicy. This one's teriyaki. This one's mild. And it's good. It's really, really good. But I can remember when my homies used to go to the gas station. Oh, yeah. And get that long stick. And they'd be like, Bill, and break me off some. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Spitting it out like I just was not my thing, man. Was not my thing. You but, know, the thing is, is like legit beef jerky. Yeah. And like jerky sticks. Yeah. They're not the same. Like no. the sticks are like greasy and oily and like it's. It's there. I've run into a couple sticks that are good. Jack yeah, yeah. has a decent stick. Okay. But like Slim Jims are terrible. Okay. And they were so popular. Like you get Macho Man at that point, at that time when we were kids to do your ad, that was that would be like getting Denzel Washington to do an ad for your, you know, to sell your fish sticks now, you know, or some shit. Like he was huge. That that was with the heyday of wrestling in the eighties with mm-hmm. the Hulkster and Macho Man. But yeah. I, if if jerky's done right, you're absolutely right. It's delicious, but man, them them processed sticks where it's it it tastes. I mean, I don't know what dog food tastes like, but it kind of reminded me like it would be like something like dog food, or it was it was gross, dude. I'd never never had a Slim Jim, but when I would eat those sticks, like I was never a fan. Like that shit was not for me, man. Not at all. Bill. Yes. Terrible jerky, by the way. Yeah. Really terrible. Terrible, terrible jerky. Yeah, you don't know that, so I'm gonna hip, I'm gonna hip you up real quick. You All ready? Right, hit me up. I'm gonna hip you up with my favorite video clip of 2022. Okay. Ready? Ready. It's a young African American boy getting off the bus. Okay. His mom greeting him, getting off the bus after his day of school. All right, let's hear it. Hey, you did it, mommy. Yeah. Terrible sandwich, by the way. <laughs> 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 terrible. 
Terrible sandwich, by the way. Really terrible. Really terrible. Sounds like, the, is that the same kid who loves Cone? It kind of has the same vibe. Like, yeah, I just, uh, it's a great energy. Terrible, terrible sandwich, by the way. Yeah. Hey, she's been waiting for him all day. Yeah. He made it through the day. Greets him Baby, at the bus. Baby, you made it. Yeah. Hey, mom. Yeah. Really terrible sandwich, by the way. That's hilarious. Really terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, so me and, and, and people that are close to me on a regular daily basis, they, they've been getting a lot of that. And they and I get it back, too. Terrible. Hey, terrible service, by the way. Yeah, really just terrible. terrible. Yeah, terrible. absolutely awful. Those are great, man. Those, so that's uh, Slim Jim, bro. That's really terrible. Terrible, terrible Slim Jim, by the way. Yeah. I do like a good piece of jerky. Oh, if it's homemade and done right. Yeah. I just, uh, the stuff you buy at the store, like the pre-made, pre-packaged, like, uh, name brand shit. Like, yeah, it's not, I haven't come across one I loved yet, but, uh, the, the stuff that the young lady brings into the office that she makes at home, man, got killer, delicious, killer, killer, delicious jerky. Yeah. I, I love it, man. I like love a, it. like a killer whale. Yes. Yeah. Nice transition. I like it. I like it. Yes. Like a killer whale. So you and I, uh, watched some movies, but we watched different movies. We did. So we were going to each agreed that prior to this episode, we would give a report and talk about the movies that we watched and what we thought about them. I accurate. I went to the movie theaters. Oh, look at me, Mr. Fancy. Why do they put an S on that? I went to the movie theaters. I didn't go to two. I went to one theater. I went to the movie theater. No S. Not plural, just one. No, we throw S's on everything. Yeah, I guess so, man. I went to the theaters. I don't got time today. I got to run by the Costco's and then uh, jump yeah. over to the Jamba Juices. Yeah. And then when I'm done, we're all going to get together at the Red Robins. And then hit the theaters. The, the movie theaters. Yeah. So anyway, I went to the theater. and uh, Oh, I, I got to go to the Chevrons. Yeah. <laughs> got to get gases. Get the gases. Uh, <laughs> that's dangerous. Not those gases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Techrons. That's right. That's right. Yes. Of course. It's Chevron with Techrons. It's better. That's right. That's it's right. Much better for your cars. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Yeah, I don't even remember anymore. No, I don't where, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I confused you because I threw 64 S's on my you daily did, errands. You did. So I went to the movie theaters. <laughs> I went to the movies to see uh, the movie The Whale starring Brendan Fraser. Because uh -huh. I have heard nothing but good things. People have been saying. This is his comeback performance. This is the performance of his lifetime. This is the greatest thing he's ever done. Give this man the Oscar. This is a must-see movie. And I keep hearing all this. And I'm like, you know what? I can't remember the last time um, that I just went and saw like an art house, smaller, independent, dramatic film. Like it seems like lately, every film that pops off on our radar is some kind of superhero sci-fi oriented movie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i like the fact that the two movies we're talking about today are not that i think that's awesome because um yeah if it's not like you know the matrix or john wick or jurassic park or marvel or dc or star wars it seems like lately that's everything that's what the movies have become you and i discussed uh Quentin Tarantino talking about the marvelization of Hollywood and how like Hollywood's not uh, is willing to gamble on the smaller independent dramatic character driven movies anymore if it's not a big special effects driven blockbuster they're not as willing to throw money at it so it was kind of refreshing to just go and sit and watch a movie about regular people because we kind of forget that just getting through your regular life just normal people doing everyday things can be heroes just as much as Spider-Man or Superman or, you know, sometimes just getting through everyday life without smacking somebody in the face is pretty damn heroic. Hero. Heroes with an S. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's a real heroes. That's right. So I watched The Whale. Um, and here was my thoughts. Uh, not a perfect movie. Um, I would say there were some flaws to the story, but the characters were so good. Brendan Fraser really did such an incredible job. I believed he was this man, Charlie. So Brendan Fraser, 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 Fraser. Brendan Fraser plays a character named Charlie, who has lost um, someone he cares about very deeply. His partner, his lover, his boyfriend has passed away on due to suicide. 
And so what Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie, does is turn to food. He eats his feelings. And he eats... Been there. Say, yeah, I think, hey, me too. Not to this extreme, obviously. So he eats so much and gains so much weight, he's um, trapped in his own home. So this entire movie takes place in this man's living room, inside Charlie's living room. He never leaves his living room. Any other character that's in this movie comes to him. So there is a nurse who brings him food and checks on his vitals just to see how he's doing. Uh, his daughter, who he's trying to repair his relationship with, comes in and sees him. Uh, people who deliver him food when he orders food, brings him food and groceries. And then he teaches class, he teaches English online. Uh-huh. And he shuts his camera off so no one can see what he looks like. But basically, you're, it's the story of a man who became so depressed and so saddened about losing this this person who was close to him that he was in love with, that he's eating himself to death. And he's gotten to a point where we see him on the movie, it's a Monday, uh, the nurse comes in, and I'm not spoiling anything because this happens in like the first two minutes of the movie. Right. Nurse comes in, checks his vitals, and says, Charlie, your blood pressure is something insane. 199 over 300, something that it should never be. And he goes, well, what does that mean? She goes, that means if something doesn't, we need to take you to the hospital or you're going to be dead by this weekend. And he goes, no, no hospital, not doing it. So at that point, you know, it's Monday. And then the movie, as you progress, the movie says it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday. So, you know, we're on the clock, right? This movie lets you know right up front that this dude's dying and it's self-inflicted because of his sadness. And so the movie is about a man who's coming to who's come to grips with the fact he's dead. The damage is done. And now he's trying to repair his relationship with his daughter. Because what happened was when he fell in love with this man, he was married, had a kid, realized he was gay, realized he loved this man, and ran off and checked out on his daughter for a while and didn't spend, really have a relationship with her, then proceeded to eat himself to death and be trapped in this house so he really couldn't see her. So it's about spending his last week of his life trying to reconnect and, m- and mend his relationship with his daughter uh, and and prepare her and himself for the fact that he's dying. His ex-wife he talks to, um, this woman who he's befriended who is like the nurse who checks on him. They all rotate in and out. Uh, Brendan Fraser, the makeup, the way they did it, like he's in like a fat suit, but it is so realistic looking. Like... Do you remember like the nutty professor with Eddie Murphy when he's in the fat suit, mm-hmm. but he can still move. Like he, he looks like he weighs about 500 pounds, but he's still running up the stairs and dancing. It's still Eddie Murphy in there. Mm-hmm. You feel the weight. It's such an impressive, the way they did it. Like he tries to get up and he trembles and his legs shake and you watch how much it pains him to get to roll off the couch and get to the bathroom or get to his wheelchair. Like, he can't, he physically can't do it. And you just feel this weight painting him and holding him down, which is not something you usually, when somebody's in a fat suit, it's usually like comic-y and jokey. But he's so positive, so uplifting, even though he knows he's dying and he and there's been all these horrible things in his life, you just believe that he's, he's still happy for some reason and you don't know why. And it's an incredible f- performance. I hope he gets the Oscar. I think he deserves it um, because he just did a killer job. I'm so happy for the guy because basically since George of the Jungle like, and the Mummy movies, like people haven't really given him a chance. Like he's kind of, he said, I've seen several interviews where he basically said like, yeah, I got tired of doing movies like Furry Vengeance and Deadly Do-Right. Like I wasn't happy anymore. So I checked out of Hollywood and then here comes this opportunity like and i'm so grateful for it to play a real person like a real hero like a real character with real depth and uh it's dude it's it's you know like i said it wasn't perfect i didn't like some of the story but you know how i know a movie's good when like a week later i'm still thinking about it the next day at work i was thinking about it because there are such visual scenes where when this guy gets disturbed when he gets depressed he eats uh-huh and there are scenes where he's like, he gets a whole pizza delivered and he dumps ranch over it. And he is just shoveling this pizza into his mouth. And I don't know how Brendan did it. Like, it, he's, he's really eating it. Like, he's shoveling it in. And he's taking whole Milky Way bars and just taking them down, dude. And it's like, 
I looked at my wife and I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't get the popcorn. Like I was feeling like, Oh my God, I feel terrible. I don't want to eat anymore. Like, but the movie just stuck with me. It resonated with me. I thought about it. I thought about him. Like, my God, like, what could it be? What would it be like to be that depressed? And just cause I do that all something will piss me off. And I go to the cabinet and grab a, you know, whatever bag of chips, tortilla or chips, tortillas or whatever, whatever, man. Like I'll get pissed and go like, ah, fuck it. And grab something sweet. Obviously not to that extreme, but I could understand how someone could get there. Like if you love food and you get depressed and that's the way you cope. Uh, so powerful movie, like I said, not a perfect movie, but I would recommend that if you have not seen the whale, catch a matinee, uh, go, go to your local theater and watch it if it's playing because Brendan Fraser deserves all the flowers for this one. The guy's like basically checked out of Hollywood for about the last 15, 20 years. Right. Hasn't really done much of anything. And uh, I I really was happy to see him back in this and I thought he knocked it out of the park. He elevated a movie like if it hadn't been him, I don't know if I would have liked the movie as much. His performance was that good that he took the movie up like to another level and made it better. So yeah, The Whale, I give it the 209 cosine. If you haven't seen it, I recommend going seeing it. Don't expect a feel good fun time. Like don't, I don't want to be getting people like, Oh my God, Bill, that was fucking terrible. I was so sad. It was so depressed. Yes. Yes. Sad. Yes. Depressing. Yes. Uh, but yet still uplifting and still positive. There is a positive message there. There's a good thing that happens, but you are watching a man literally on his last legs, eat himself to death. Um, and it, it'll have you rethinking your diet. It'll have you rethinking the way you treat other people. Uh, it'll have you thinking if you haven't mended a relationship, do it because life is short. All those things, man. But yeah, I recommend it. The Whale. So, uh, <laughs> what movie did you see? <laughs> Maybe it's a little more happy than mine. But yeah. Well, sir, let me uh -huh. just tell you something. Yes. Yeah. What are you going to tell me? I ain't going to tell you nothing you ain't never heard before. All right. Savage's movie review. Ladies and gentlemen, Macho's movie review. Here we go. I like it. The Macho movie review. Are you asking me Are you asking me if I've watched a movie? I'm asking you if you watched a movie and what you thought of it. Yes. No comment. But yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what did you watch, my friend? Well, sir, this is something that we uh, kind of came across our uh, radar. Yes. A while back. And it's been a hot minute. Yeah. I forgot about it, to be honest. So did I. Till I saw it on Netflix. And uh, it was um, something that we had sat down to watch a movie, and we're just, you know, you're doing, you're doing the, you're doing the scroll. Yes. You know, where you spend a half an hour turning down everything. Absolutely. You know, nah, nah, I don't, nah. Yeah. Eh, put it on the maybe list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, this movie came across. And I was like, oh. And I was like, I want to watch this. Yeah. I forgot about this. I want to watch it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Right. And that movie is Father Stew. Right. With Mark Wahlberg. And I knew that it was a, based on a true story. I knew that, um, obviously, if you listen to the show, you know that I'm a Mark Wahlberg guy. I like Wahlberg. I will defend him even in movies that aren't good. Right. Um, I find enjoyment in movies that other people don't because I enjoy my Mark Wahlberg. Sure. I was a fan. I thought that the Transformer movie was with him was good. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. You know, I was able to check out and have a good time. A lot of yeah, people yeah. hated it because it wasn't like Transformers 1. But Mark Wahlberg in general, I'm a fan of. Uh, so this is a movie about a man who ends up basically... You see him go from being a, a, a amateur boxer uh -huh. and wanting to go to Hollywood mm -hmm. and be a movie star and follows, pretends to be something he's not uh -huh. in church okay. and go to church okay. for a woman okay, and then almost die. And in that car accident. Oh, shit. And Getting close to home. Here. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah. And then feeling like he has found his direction in life and wants to be a priest. Okay. And him 
going through all these trials and tribulations because he was this cocky former boxer, like womanizer, Hollywood guy who right. was good looking. And the very, the beginning part, very Mark Wahlberg. Right. Very, you, you got the boxing. Yeah. He's played a boxer, the fighter. You, you got yeah. him, you know, trying to break into Hollywood. Yeah, a.k.a. Boogie Nights right? kind of a thing, yeah. Uh, just the way he interacts, very Wahlberg. Yeah. And then you get this Mark Wahlberg who is throwing, not throwing, but he is basically saying, I'm willing to give up everything because I feel like this is my purpose now. Okay. And because of all of these other things that are very Wahlberg in the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. they don't, the, the, you know, the, 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 whatever the head Cardinal or whatever it is in the, in the Catholic church. Yeah. Doesn't think he's going to do it. They don't think he's going to make it through it. Doesn't, you know? And so you see this, these trials and tribulations as he's going through the process to become right. But then as he's going through the process, something happens. They're out playing basketball. He loses the feeling in his legs. Turns out he's got this very rare degenerative disease. Oh, shit. And he's slowly degenerating. Oh. And he gets to the point where his, the, the, the main people, they won't, at the Catholic Church, uh-huh. they feel like he's going to be an embarrassment because he can't, he, he loses, he, he has the inability to hold things in his hands and, and he can't oh, shit. stand. Your movie's not any more cheery than mine. No, no, no. It's, it's very, it's very, it's very hard. It, it's not a hard watch. Yeah, yeah. But it's very, uh, you know, it's, 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 he never quits. He right. never gives up trying. Right. Also, he came from, I don't know if it was Texas or somewhere. And uh, his mom was uh, kind of like a, you know, single mom by herself. His mm-hmm. dad was Mel Gibson. Oh, moved nice. Moved to L.A. Okay. Who just plays an absolute great asshole. He's Me- an alcohol. Or, Mel's good at that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if he's acting or not anymore. Yeah. At this point, I've heard stories. Uh, but he's an yeah. alcoholic. And yeah, yeah. You know, just it just plays a great asshole. Yeah. And um, he very much reminds me of like, um, was he Riggs? Yes. He, Lethal he, weapon. He, he absolutely. Yeah. This is what Riggs would be. I feel like this is grown up Riggs. Riggs got old. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah in, act- he's, he works at a construction site. He's an asshole. He's an alcoholic. Rumor has it there's going to be one more Lethal Weapon in the books with them guys coming back one and, more uh, time. So, anyway, he's in Hollywood, and of course, his dad lives out there. Mike Mo Gibson's out there. So there's a little bit of that relationship that evolves, and and and, and it gets to a point where. They end up, because with this degenerative disease, you know, you're running out of time. Right. You're, you're, you know, you're this, they're talking, you've got a year. Right. Before you lose all function, have to live in an assisted living, you know, kind of place. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he ends up moving back to Texas or wherever it was. And, and um, it's just a really good, for someone who went through this entire process. Yeah. To lose everything and still not get his spirit broken. Right. It's very uplifting in that sense. Right. Um, I will tell you this. Um, Mark Wahlberg did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Of the acting. Like mm-hmm. just, it blew me away. Right. Because that beginning part, like that's Mark Wahlberg. Right. That's the Mark Wahlberg we know. He could phone I, that hey, in. Hey, it's easy for hey, him. Hey, he can play it. He can play a fighter, a boxer. Yeah. He's in right? great shape. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. We, well, I, I, my, one of my top three favorite movies of all time is Shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. He could play the military guy, the you know, the quiet sniper, the you know, that, that's right in his wheelhouse. Pretty He's boy, great. womanizer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, none, none of that's hard for him. Right. Yeah. Right. Very similar to Bre- Brendan Fraser. Yeah. In the sense that he's never like, like he's played some roles, but this role was like, this was a human role. Right. Right. And half of the movie was like, you know. He was falling down and he couldn't grab things and he gave up on life and he was like laying in yeah you know in the in the in the church and like just laying under the you know the jesus and like why you know kind of he didn't say it but why me like you know yeah. i mean i did all these things for you like all these things so it was a very deep um emotional um performance and i'll be honest i did not see it coming and yeah. I didn't know what it was. And then that's not the direction I expected you to go with that movie. Like I've seen the trailers. I thought, okay, here's a cocky guy who wants to be a priest and he's going to change oh, his no. life. Yeah. The, the, the guy, father Stu, um, and, and, you know, 
actually got this huge following that people would, because they knew his story, they would come in and they would line up around the corner and, and come see him at his assisted living home wow. for guidance. Wow. Like that's how important this dude was. And the cool thing is, and I love this about any movie, whether it's Father Stu, whether we're watching that one movie about the, you know, that one place in the military that was at the bottom of the hill that yeah, the what great was the lost name? episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember um, the name of that but movie. But when they have uh, Lone Survivor, any yes. of those movies, right? Where it's a real story, and then at, when it rolls the credits, you see the actual people of what they yeah. look like and video clips and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. And then because, I mean, this didn't happen that long ago, there's video clips of Father Stu talking, and, 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 and it just, you know, it's just a really amazing story. And uh, to get a chance to, to watch it. And like you, like, I didn't know. I'd only see a little bit of a trailer. And like you said, right. I didn't know it was going there. No, I would so have never I watched the that. movie. I would have. Ne- it was, I was blown away at how good it was. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's not. I got to check it out. It's not just like you just said about your movie. If you're looking for uplifting and fun, don't watch this. Yeah, t- turn it off after the first 15 minutes, yeah, maybe yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to hear? You want to see Wahlberg be funny and fighting guys and being a cocky yeah. asshole? Yeah. First 20 minutes, right up your alley. Yeah. Then shut it off. Yeah. Wait till you're ready. Wait till you're ready for some uh, some heartfelt. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because those things are tough watches. Sure. This right? is real human drama. Yeah. This is real real life stuff. You can't make that shit up. You know what I'm saying? People always say like, there's nothing crazier than actual real life. Like the true stories are some of the most touching, dramatic, heart strong, heartfelt movies ever. Like last week we were talking about my accident. You were like, that's some fucking Hollywood shit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it, man. I mean, like we, you just say you can't like, you can't make that shit up. Like yeah. that's exactly what was going through my mind as I'm hanging yeah. there upside down. But you're absolutely right. When it's a true story and then they roll the footage afterwards with the actual people and you're like, oh man, that was that really happened. Like I love uh, a movie that nobody talks about with The Rock, Gridiron Gang, where he started a football team. He's the uh, like CYA. He's mm-hmm. a CYA officer. Where I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's him in Exhibit. Right. And they run like basically like a youth camp for for kids who are arrested in, in the inner cities and in trouble. It's like their next step before jail. They're in the, the California Youth Authority. And he decides to get them on the right track because they keep fighting and he can't figure out. He's like, well, he's getting frustrated. Like, what the fuck? They just keep coming back in the system and I can't ever fix them. So he starts a football team. Right. Where they can get their energy out and it's more positive. And he actually turns a lot of these kids' lives around. Well, it's the same deal. You get to the end of the movie and you see the coach literally reciting lines that The Rock did in the movie. And he's built kind of like The Rock. He's a big guy, a charismatic guy. And you're like, yes, it's a, it's, it's real. Like sometimes those are the best. Uh, another one I love, sticking with the sports themes, is uh, um, the one with Denzel Washington where he coaches the high school football team. And I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a true story. I remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. One of my, I think my all-time favorite sports movie. I could be wrong at this. At this moment, I believe it is. Uh, where they, for the first time, where they integrate the high schools and they bring the white kids and the black kids together and force them to play together. And before they can play as a team, they've got to learn to get along and even just like each other. And it's about the town fighting back. And and then they they show you what the real coach looked like and the special features and they interview him and it's dude it's incredible those kind of movies are amazing but remember the titans and uh gridiron gang are way more uplifting <laughs> they're more fun easy watches i will say that the whale and it sounds like father stew are a little bit tougher a little bit more uh, i believe little, the term maybe uh is a little heavier heavier yes heavy good and good that's, call that's not a whale joke by the way no no I mean, now it is. And you know what's funny is the movie's called The Whale, but it's not because he's a big guy. It's because uh, he's continuously reading. He's an English teacher. And the way he calms himself down is he reads this. um, He reads a paper that was written by his daughter that's like basically a book report on Moby Dick. And it's all about the whale and Moby Dick. So that's why the movie's called The Whale. Because initially I thought, that's kind of fucked up. He's a big guy and they're going to call the movie The Whale. Like, that right. seems wrong. But no, that's not. You learn that, like, when he's feeling sick or when he can't breathe or when he's stressed out, he reads this paper that his daughter, an English report that his daughter wrote on Moby Dick, and it makes him feel better because he misses his daughter. Uh, it's a great movie. But yeah, man. Those kind of deep, dark, real-life movies, those people are just as much heroes. A Father Stew. 
and somebody like Charlie and the Whale are just as much heroes as um, Spider-Man or Superman or Batman in my eyes, you know? And then and I'm not saying, I'm not knocking superhero movies because I'm stoked for Ant-Man Quantum Mania. I'm ready. Right. Love that shit. But it's kind of nice to get back to these kind of movies too. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I, and, and you mentioned about Mark Wahlberg, like even if it's a bad movie, you love Mark Wahlberg and, right. and you know why? I think we all have those actors. Yeah, absolutely. But that's because Mark Wahlberg's a legitimate, genuine movie star. Right. Like you could hate, like, like I think it's the same thing with like Tom Cruise. Like I think Tom Cruise seems like a total douchebag and 99% of the time I'm not watching anything he does. But because he's such a huge movie star, he'll do these movies that I got to watch. Like as much as I say I'm not a fan, then I'll be like, but his star quality in Jerry Maguire and in The Rain Man and in Mission Impossible 3 through 7 uh, is so good. He's such a star. Top Gun 2, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. He is such a legitimate, actual Hollywood movie star that his star power and his and the quality of what he of his work overpowers my dislike for him. And it's the same thing like you said, Mark Wahlberg, that last Transformers movie he was in. Terrible. But Mark Wahlberg's always good. I feel the same way about Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is never bad. That don't mean the movie's good. But Denzel is such a huge star that even in the shittiest, crappiest piece of garbage movie, he turns he gives 152%. And that's the difference between an actor and like a legit movie star in my opinion. Like you've got actors who if you put anybody else in Brendan Fraser's role in The Whale, I probably wouldn't have liked that movie. You put maybe another actor in Father Stu. Maybe they decide to cast I don't know, just anybody. John Q actor. I don't know, whoever. Just pick somebody. It don't matter. It might not have been the same movie for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Mark Wahlberg is a legitimate Hollywood star. Like you said, he can play a boxer. He can play a soldier. He can play a cop. He can also play a man down on his out, down on his luck, who wants to be a priest and now has a degenerative, you know, disorder where his body's breaking down because he's a he's a, a fucking star. Right. Denzel can do the same thing too. Denzel's the equalizer. But then he's also an abusive father and a drug addict or Malcolm X, whatever. Like, because that's what a legit movie star does. They got range, man. They got range and they can pull that shit off, man. And that's, I think, what we're missing in a lot of movies these days. And I think that's the point that Quentin Tarantino was bringing up with like, hey, these actors that play, you know, these these heroes, the, the actor that plays Captain America, or the actor that plays Thor. They're not famous because they're movie stars. They're famous because people love that people just want to see them as those characters. They are now embody those characters, but people can't see them as anything else. Like what Chris Hemsworth movie are you watching lately? You know, like doesn't really happen. I mean, he did Extraction on Netflix. It was good, but but I wa I, I wouldn't have watched that if it wasn't for Thor. Yeah, probably not. It, I, but I get that. But there's not like or what's what's the Chris what what's the other Chris Chris Evans? Here's the flip side of that. Yeah. If you take out uh, Hemsworth there and you put Wahlberg in that movie, oh. I'm absolutely watching. Oh, 100%. Absolutely watching. And and I think the acting may... may I, no, no knock against Chris Hemsworth, but he's not Mark Wahlberg. Right. I'd feel the same way. You could put Denzel Washington in that role, like have it be like a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a, like an equalizer type thing. You know what I'm saying? It would have been great too. Like, And I think that's, that's the difference. And I think that's what Quentin's talking about. He's not trying to knock these guys. He's like, they... They they kill these roles, but people aren't flocking to a Marvel movie. Oh man, it's Chris Evans. Yes, no, it's Captain America. It's Thor. It's the Hulk. Nobody's going. I can't even remember the actor's name who plays the Hulk right now. But nobody's like stoked for that guy. Like it, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Thank you. Nobody's going like, let's go see Mark Ruffalo. It's like let's go see the Hulk. And I'm not checking for a Mark Ruffalo movie. Like if it comes out. It, like the, and I think that's the difference between just actors. And, and I think that's all Quentin was saying. He's like, look, I'm not trying to knock Marvel, but these people aren't. He's like, look, he and I forget who he mentioned. He's like Sandra Bullock. She was in Speed. Well, after Speed, everybody was like, let's see what this lady does next. We want to see her in the net and we want to see her in whatever movie she does next because she's a legitimate movie star. And I think like, I think Will Smith is a perfect example. After Fresh Prince of the Bel-Air, Fresh Prince of the Bel-Air of Bel-Air, he did uh, Independence Day. 
And he was so charismatic and so good in that. People were like, I got to see what this dude's going to do next. Then it was Men in Black. Then it was Bad Boys. And he was off and running. He was a legitimate movie star. Regardless of how you feel about him now, that dude is a hands down. He can do drama. He can do action. He can do sci-fi. He's a legit star. And I think that that's the difference. And I think that's what Quentin was bringing up. It's like, these Marvel movies aren't making movie stars. They're making... They're telling a story and creating a franchise. Right. And and these actors are kind of trapped in these franchises. Like, you sign on for Marvel, you're signing on for like 10 years. You don't get out unless they kill your character, basically. Even now, I'd say out of all those people in Marvel, for me, I'd say Robert Downey Jr. is the, the, the biggest movie star out of all those. And even Robert, like, what what what's he doing? Like, like the rumor is he's coming back for to be in... Uh, Armor Wars and uh, what is Secret it? Secret Wars. Wars and but then there's going to be another uh, an Iron Man type show too that he may pop up in as well. I mean, he did those Sherlock Holmes movies, which I really liked. Uh, of course, obviously, he's in Tropic Thunder, which is great. Uh-huh. I'd say he's the closest thing to a legitimate movie star out of all those people in those movies. Like, right. I mean, Harrison Ford's going to come on. Uh, to play Thunderbolt Ross, he's a movie star, but I mean, he's been around for 50 years. Like it's different. Like, right. but yeah, man. I, I And I think the, the movies we're talking about father stew and the whale come from, because these guys are legit movie stars that can put in the work and do it and make a movie like that work, make you want to watch it. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and the reason that they are so heavy or, and they work is because it's real life, right? It's real stuff. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and, and this could happen to you. Right. And speaking of real life, yeah, right. You and I had a, a, a dose of real life a couple weeks ago when we had to uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, sit and uh, you know we got the. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll just I'll just kind of break it down for everybody. Yeah, um, we got the news on uh, Christmas Day that uh, one of our former classmates, yeah, uh, one of my best friends from high school. Um, Aristotle Ramirez Ari Ari uh, had passed away. Yes, and all that we knew there was, you had saw a post that somebody was like had tagged him. It was like I can't believe you're gone. This is you know I'm in shock or something like that. Yeah, which and then you, I was shocked because I'd me, heard nothing. You sent yeah. to me, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and then like so then I go on the on the on the on the deep dive. Yeah, trying to figure out whatever I can, and and uh, it's it's the. Uh, it's, it's uh, it, it was weird because uh, Christmas. I mean, obviously, it was is saddening, and, and you don't. It, it's hard when you, especially when it's somebody like that, when you see a little bit of information and you can't find anything else, out, right? And you can't, you know what I mean? And uh, if you know me and you know the and know the history of this, uh, Aries' younger sister Jack is who I was in a relationship with for a long time, and right. we're not together anymore. And unfortunately, we don't really have super open lines of communication, so I. I didn't feel like it was appropriate to reach out and, and you know, because if that's what was going on, like it wasn't something where, you know, you just drop that line. Hey, did you know, yeah, I kind of it was something she needed to do on her end. Um, so we just kind of sat and waited and we're kind of in shock. And, and uh, as as the next days progressed, you know, it, it was very clear that 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 had happened and, and somebody had posted something and it was family members. So. Uh, it was something that uh, you know was very real and very, uh, very much um, a shock and, and a real crazy. You know, we've unfortunately one thing that I can tell you right now is when we started this show five years ago. First of all, life changes and comes at you very fast, and we've talked about that. But mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I uh, there's probably several, but the one thing that I can tell you is I I had no idea we would end up talking about this much real life this much death this much much stuff that's kind of happened and it's as sad and and sombering as it is it is you know we are at that point in life where this stuff is very real and um it's hard for us it's not hard it's 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 just it's a fact of life yeah that's that we're gonna have people that are close to us um that uh we're gonna lose and it you know i feel like one of the reasons we're talking about it, and I know one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about it is because I feel like I wanted to honor Ari and I wanted to talk about, you know, some of the, the great memories and stuff that we can remember and, and honor his legacy. And uh, I could tell you this, uh, 
as you told me when we were at this service. And by the way, thank you very much for going with me. Oh, of course. Um, that you, 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 it was, a. I talked about this with my dad. I was really worried. Like, what if nobody shows up? Right. Right. Yeah. It was such an awesome showing for the people that showed up for Ari. That was a massive church, a massive Catholic church in Elk Grove, and it was packed out. People were standing in the back. Yeah. It was clear that the, the man was loved, honored, and respected, uh, and he's going to really be missed. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful service. The music was amazing. Uh, the pastor did a nice job, said some very beautiful words. Uh, his brother got up and spoke. It was very heartfelt and touching. Um, yeah, yeah, it was clear that uh, he touched a lot of people. You know, he after the after the ceremony, we ended up standing outside and the procession and everybody was taken off, and we ended up catching up with a couple people from our high school as well. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was going to be there, how many people I'd actually know. So when I got a tap on the shoulder. It startled me. I thought maybe I was in the way or right, standing in right. front of someone or somewhere I shouldn't be. Right. So, and but it was uh, someone that we went to high school with that was just kind of letting me know, hey, we're here too. You know, how you doing? Shook my hand. Well, as we were sitting there, we kind of were, were going through the timeline of Ari. And and, yeah. and and when you look at that kind of timeline, it was, you know, he had people, us. Yeah. From high school. Right. Right. People that he'd known for 30 years. Right. Uh, and then a huge amount of the people that were there were from college. Right. When he went after high school, he went to Sac State and he got really connected with the, the Filipino culture and the Filipino mm -hmm. clubs. And there was so many people. And if you, you looked him up on Facebook, like all the posts were like all these amazing pictures of like him and all these people. And like, you know, you forget like while Bill was doing his thing, yeah. Scott was doing his thing. Right. Harry was doing his thing. Right. We were all out there doing our own thing. And like, we we're all connected to all these people. And, and, you know, and I talked about it a little bit, like when I have little get togethers for my birthday or when I was going to my job, right? Like I had like 10 groups of people from all these different areas, old job, new job. Right. People I played softball with, people I went to college with, you're here from high school. You know what I mean? Like all these different, like all these things that, that people from all these things that we've done. Right. So it was really awesome to see that. And then at, being a, you know, from the Filipino culture, family is very big in their culture, mm -hmm. and 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 it was very clear there was a ton of family there too, and uh, it was just it was a very impressive showing of the people that that showed up, and that that made me very happy, and it was very clear that he he meant a lot to a lot of people, and he touched a lot of people's lives, and I can tell you that in my time spending with that family. He was an amazing dad and husband, and he was a great uncle to Jack's girls. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's not uh, it, it, it. His time on this earth was not taken lightly, and he no. he touched a lot of people and and meant a lot. So it's terrible that he's gone way too young like yeah. it's it, this it, i keep saying man like it just sucks i keep saying that you know this one hits harder right yeah, i agreed I, I think about you know my dad and, and then i'm like man that hits hard but he was older and i knew about some medical problems and then my foster parent that i talked about that passed right. away she was a little bit older but she had some health problems like you know even if this is health problem related like this is us Right. This is our age. This is our people. And that's why like, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I told my wife, I said, I think this one hurts a lot more. I, I lost a cousin in the last few years who was younger than me, who I grew up with in Sacramento. That was tough. Uh, but I haven't lost anyone. I've been blessed enough that I still have. Obviously, my grandparents have passed, but both my parents are still living. Uh, my sisters are all healthy, my brother-in-laws, my nieces, my nephews. So other than my cousin Joe, who passed a, a couple years ago unexpectedly, uh, this was the first person who passed away that I believe was within my inner circle. Right. I told my wife, I said, I really tried to rack my brain to think if anyone else. Now, have people that I've gone to high school with passed away? Right. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Like I'd hear, oh, 
I'm just going to make up a name. Bobby Smith passed away. Oh, no. Bobby Smith? Oh, geez. Yeah, I had, I was in English class with him. I, I think Jeff Towers passed away. Je- Jeff Towers. Yep, that's one. He was a, a, a yeah. I knew him. Right. I spent time with him. I played sports with him. He, I think he rode the bus with me at some point. But I wasn't really a close connection. Correct. The and, guy and went to school. Absolutely. So, Ari was within my circle. So, I got to know Ari because I knew you. And I knew Jesse Higgins and I knew David Kewen and Ari was in that. So Ari wasn't an immediate friend, but he was an immediate friend to my immediate friends, which brought him into my circle. Uh, and the thing that I remember most about Ari is I pride myself on my passion for music, my knowledge of music, hip hop and R&B, especially mm-hmm. there aren't many people who can rival my knowledge. And I will put the stamp down. Maybe I'm bragging, maybe I'm boasting, maybe I'm big up in myself. But especially in Amador County, there is almost no one who can compete with me when it comes to hip hop and R&B and knowledge of those genres of music. Ari could. You're sitting with one of them. And and you. Oh, of course. You. Yes, of course. We Hey, this podcast started as just a hip hop podcast. That's yeah. what we talked about it. But Ari was one of the few who I would say something and he'd know exactly the song, exactly the artist, exactly who produced it. He'd know what was on the B-side of the single. And then he could school me because he was very into uh, Hawaiian music and reggae, which at the time in high school, I liked reggae, but I was just starting to to get into that. He'd school me on the, the it's called Jawaiian music, where it mixes the, the Jamaican and the Hawaiian and the reggae. And he would school me up on R&B and hip hop. And I think I've told the story a couple times, maybe on the podcast. I, I might have. I think I did at least once where he brought me into the car and he's like, check out this new artist. Check out this song. And he puts it on and I'm bobbing my head to the beat and I'm digging the MC and I'm like, yo, who is this? This is dope. And he goes, it's MCRE. And I go, MCRE? I, I don't, who is that? What label is this? I, I don't think I've heard it. He goes, MCRE, MCRE. It's me. It's me, man. I go, what the fuck? That's you, dude? This is really good. So he could even rap. He was rapping on this song. What he did was he had one of them karaoke machines at the time. And so he took a single and, you know, back then, I'm dating myself here, a a single, a cassette single where it had the song on one side and the instrumental on the other. He put it in his karaoke machine and he put a blank tape in and he put the instrumental in and he recorded his own vocals over it. And I legit in the car had no idea it was him. Even when he said MCRE, I'm thinking R, the letter R-E. Right, right. Like, who the fuck is MCRE? This guy's dope. Who is he? It's like, dude, R-E, 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 it's me. Like, dude. So yeah, he he his passion for music is just his love in general for the arts and life. Was he's one of the few people that could keep up with me and, and rival me, and I always loved him for that. His love for the Sacramento Kings and sports. We would play basketball. We'd go into the gym sometimes, break into the gym, not always, but we did, and shoot hoops. Um, and he was sweet enough. When you're in a band and nobody knows who you are, it is so hard to get anybody to come out. And I remember how amazing it was when we were playing some random little bar in Sacramento and I looked up and there he was. Uh, And to see any face that you recognize at a bar when you're playing music that nobody's heard and you're a band that nobody's heard of and you're lucky to get the bartender and a waitress to pay attention to what you're doing and to look out and see him there to see that he stopped whatever he was doing to come and watch me play. And this was years and years and years ago. It meant so much to me because nobody... My own wife at the time didn't come watch me play. My friends, close friends, co-workers didn't come watch me play. And he just saw something about it on Facebook and showed up. And that was where we ended up staying. That was the last time I saw him like in person, I think. And then we stayed in contact on Facebook, sharing music and commenting on each other's posts and pictures of our kids. And um, But I really regret not seeing him one more time and spending more time with him. If I have a regret, that's all. But... What an amazing guy, a positive guy, happy guy. Always made me feel good. Uh, he'll be missed, man. Just a great person. Great human being. I'll tell you this. like um, We we talk a lot about people being good people. Right. And uh, I'm sure that he wasn't as perfect as he seemed. Oh, of course. But... yeah. 
if not, dude, damn, he was a good actor. Yeah. Because he was one of the most nicest, purest souls I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I mean that. Like, people tell me I'm nice and I'm great all the time. I'm an asshole, too, dude. I'm yeah. 100%. Like, I know that. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. My wife knows. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. I'm an yeah. asshole? No, knows that I'm an asshole. Oh, I was like, damn, yeah. what did I do? No, you didn't like, do damn, it. what did no, I do no, to no, Amber? Shit. I'm saying the only person that may know Aries True Colors that saw him behind closed doors 24-7 would probably be his wife or yeah, maybe his mom. mom his yeah. wife and his sister. Yeah, yeah. Him and, him and Jack got very close. When, right. You know, their father died when they were pretty young. So, But you're right. As an he, outsider looking oh in. Oh, my gosh. He was the nicest, yeah. purest. Like, always, like... Like, and I, and I talked about this and I don't want to get too much into this. Like when I started dating his sister, like nothing changed. He was the same guy. He was always nice and sweet. And yeah. Cause some brothers don't play that shit. Right. Hey, uh, hey homie, you're not dating. Yeah, my, get like, the, like, I, I know you get away from my sister. Right. Like, yeah. Like, and, and, and so just, and you, and if you go onto Facebook and you looked at the people that would talk about him, like you would see that these were people that were like you are the nicest purest dude i've ever met in my yeah. life and like i i don't even like i don't ever even remember him being mad when he would play football I and mean, how could that guy no. play football i was thinking back on that like i remember him wearing a football jersey and yeah, i think number 58 the yeah, mino yeah. filipino yes he used to call himself yes that's right yeah i remember he played that's probably uh, you know uh he probably built a so many strong bonds when you're on a team you build a lot of lasting relationships with people. And I imagine there's probably a lot of people in shock when they saw those Facebook posts come out, man. It's crazy. I'm going to read this from my, uh, from my Facebook post about him. And I said, life moves fast. We all know that. And sometimes it takes something terrible to remember the little thing from days ago. Upon learning of his passing, I remember us being a school group called Odyssey of the Mind. Mm. A group of really smart kids who traveled and competed in academic competitions. I'm sure you're thinking, then why were you in that group? <laughs> Trust me, so was I. Turns out they needed someone with a little personality and be able to present and speak. Ah. However, I digress. One Odyssey the Mind Trip I remember is being in front of a hotel and trying to be an acapella group because Shy was popular at that time. Ari was the only one that could really sing, but he never made anyone feel bad about being terrible. He smiled and enjoyed all of us being together. There was a lot of basketball, hanging out, listening to music during high school, and as I think back... There's a smile on my face because right. that's what Ari made you do. He always made you feel welcome. He felt you feel comfortable. I remember being at his house and playing basketball up on, he lived up on a hill. So we'd play and like, if the ball went loose, like you had to scurry so that you had to catch it before that ball rolled down yep. the hill. Otherwise, yeah. that's just, that's just playing ball at amateur, amateur county basketball. County. Yeah. yeah the same not, way when I grew up in hey, Pine Grove, which is why we may or may not have ever broken into a gym. Yeah. To play exactly. basketball. <laughs> allegedly allegedly uh, yeah um i i remember like there's certain people like x-rated yeah makes me think of airy yeah he, he was the first person that made i heard x-rated psychoactive in his little honda civic lowered with speakers airy repped sacramento so hard like he was so proud i grew up in sacramento he repped sacramento ten thousand times harder than i did like you could tell you knew where he was going when he got out of high school right he was going back to that area to be to be there it didn't i graduated high school and was going to iowa to play baseball right before i even left he'd already moved back to sack yeah that was like oh, two weeks after graduation yeah he was gone yeah and there was no i never that didn't surprise me shock me there was never a doubt in my mind that guy could have been the mayor of Sacramento. Like I wouldn't have been surprised to learn as we got older that he was in politics or pushing hard or promoting or working. Oh, Harry's running for Congress. Yeah, that's it, about right. Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Yeah, got my vote. Yeah, absolutely. Like it wouldn't have shocked me one bit. That guy had so much love for that city, uh, whether it be the Kings or whether it just be the town itself, venues, events, culture. And that's what I talk about even even after uh, me and his sister went our separate ways. And, you know, obviously there's when anytime there, you know, a couple's not together anymore, there's a weirdness around all that. Right. You know, yeah. He would still reach out to me about the Kings and about, you know, the Niners and, and uh, music and comment on the posts and things like that. He'd always pop up and he was always around, even right. though, you know, obviously he had all these other people he was connected to. Right. You know, he's still he's still. Uh, had time for his old amateur county boys right right yeah, yeah. so uh absolutely you know what i'll tell you this uh when it comes to ari i have a lot of regrets and 
one of them, of course, is, you know, not making more time for stuff like that. I, yeah. I, I will tell you one regret right now is uh, I would have loved to have him on here. Yeah. Do an episode. Oh, man. man. That would have been incredible. You're right. I didn't even think of that. As we're sitting here recording a podcast, yeah. that didn't even cross my mind. That would have been amazing. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about that. We want to get more people on here. And, yeah, that's the, one of our goals. It's, yeah. it's one of the goals. But then the other side of that is, you know, like we just talked about, we, we have all these plans. And it, I believe you said it's getting increasingly harder. It, absolutely. This year, uh, there's been several times I told Amber, I, I, I don't know how long we're going to be able to do this. Yeah. Like We're in year five. And I don't know how much further we make it past year five because it's getting I, first year. It didn't seem like a big deal. Second year, third year. It, it's just increasingly got harder. But yeah, it, it, like now it almost feels impossible. This it's literally once a month. We, we record three episodes in a clip. So we get together about once a month. You wouldn't think that that would be that difficult, right? right? It's fucking almost impossible. Two weeks ago or whatever, yeah. like we had like storms and the weather was going out and yeah. I was sick and right. you were sick and then car wrecks I tried to roll my ass out of fucking Atlanta that's yeah, yeah. one way to get off work early right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and yeah. so it, 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 right so like on one hand we say that but then on the other hand we're like man we, man, what what an awesome you know episode that would have been yes oh 100 percent. yeah so, yeah so uh it's it's something to think about I'll, I'll i'll say this before we get out of here man every single time something like this pops up i say the same thing and it's i think i talked about it in my goals yeah you got cherish those relationships new and old right because you never know no you truly never know yeah one of the things I'm most happy about, and I and I we talked about this, was when my grandma passed away. When we found out that like she did choosing not to have any treatment or anything, you know what I mean? Right. Me and my sister went down there. Yeah. Right after Thanksgiving, and we were down there for the weekend. We sat and we looked at pictures and we talked about stuff and we told stories and she talked to us like adults. Right. For the first time ever, I'm so happy that I did that. Sure. Because that's something that you know. I would have regretted not doing. Oh, absolutely, and that's a, that's a, a a moment you'll cherish and have forever. Like, so, so, again, make sure you cherish those relationships, man. Like, you never know. Yeah, no, it's right? the truth. Yeah, that car accident could have gone a separate way. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Tell the people you love them. Tell them you care about them. Yeah, go see them. Go spend time. Make it. Yeah, can't take it with you. Make that hour and twenty minute drive. It's worth it. That's me talking about the podcast now, but you know, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all over the place. Yeah, we are. It's all good. But well, yeah, he will be missed. Great man, great brother, great father, great husband, great friend. I mean, and, and I know that sounds cliche because that's what everyone says about everyone when they pass, but it's so true about this man, you know, just a great guy. Good, good, good person. Embrace life on earth, August 8th, 1976. Embrace life in heaven, December 25th, 2022. He was a religious man. Yeah. Went home on Jesus's birthday. Yeah. Something. Uh, Christmas Day. Yeah. Something about that. Crazy. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to read the, uh, I don't know if it's a poem or what you want to call that was in his, uh, why don't we call this? Some nice words inside his, uh, his little memorial pamphlet. Memorial yeah. pamphlet. It's called The Broken Chain. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here, I'm going to close it out with this. No, this, this will be probably everything I could, any better than anything I could say. Go for it. So uh, thanks for listening. I know this was not the uh, super uplifting episode, but check yeah. out those movies. Yes. The Whale and Father Stew. If you've already checked them out, let us know. If you haven't, check them out. Let us know what you think. Um, Ari, we love you. We miss you, bro. Absolutely. Um, you're an amazing man, and this is a, a smile I will never forget. Mm, rest so, in power. All right, man. Uh, the Broken Chain. We little knew that day God was going to call your name. In life, we loved you dearly. In death, we do the same. It broke our hearts to lose you. You did not go alone. For part of us went with you the day God called you home. You left us beautiful memories. Your love is still our guide. And although we cannot see you, you are always at our side. Our family chain is broken and nothing seems the same. But as God calls us one by one, that chain will link again. Do I say goodbye to
Yeah. 